Amen. I love this church. Amen. I love this church. I love this city. I love your pastor and your pastor's wife and his amazing family. Amen. And for the first time, I get to say how I honor Sister Ginger, and she is here tonight. I love and appreciate you so much. I'm rejoicing with you. Amen. Amen. And of course, your pastor is a, uh, you know, I know he's a little bit older than I am, but I do consider him somebody very near and very dear to my heart, nevertheless. And I love your pastor, and I love your pastor's family. So thankful for them. Amen. God has given you a man that is very balanced in the seeking, not only for the gifts and for a move of the Holy Ghost, but also in making sure that fish don't fall through the net, if you know what I mean. And I thank God for men of God that have one hand on spirit and one hand on truth and are leading in a balanced way. I thank God for that. Amen. Love this church. Everybody that does everything. I can go on and on and on, but... I'll I could ramble here for a while because this place is sincerely very near and very dear to my wife and I's heart, and I love her. So glad she's here with me. Nobody, I'd rather be having on my side than that beautiful young lady right there. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, there's so much I want to say tonight, and I'm going to do my best not to say everything I want to say uh, because then we'd probably be here for about four and a half hours. And... Uh, <laughs> But Trevor said that would be great, but the rest of y'all chuckled in a way. You're like, ah, please don't. <laughs> so I, I, do, I do feel like I've come with a word from God. And uh, before we leave here, I just want us to lay aside any distractions, anything that might get in the way. And let's just see what heaven's going to do in this room tonight. Amen. Is that all right? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Bishop. It's so good to see you. I love you and Sister Gilbert so much. Amen. I have prayed a lot for you, and I'm so, so glad you're here tonight. I love Bishop. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 47. We're going to read verses 1 through 7, and then we're going to read verses 9 and verses 11. Just a few verses here, and uh, just going to see what God's going to do. We're just going to flow in the Holy Ghost. If you have it, say Amen. Ezekiel 47 and 1, afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, the waters issued out from the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house, at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without the outer gate, by the way that looketh eastward. Behold, there ran out waters on the right side. When the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the loins. Afterward, the last time, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then brought he me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank, 
of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Verse number 9. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, wheresoever the rivers, plural, shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish because the waters, plural, shall come thither. For they shall be healed and everything shall live where the river, singular, cometh. Verse number 11. But the miry places, therefore, and the marshes, therefore, shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, if you don't like my title, it's Brother Gary's fault. I sent him four selections. I said, whichever one you like the most, that's going to be my title for tonight. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you tonight, preach to you tonight on this subject, releasing the flow. And if you'd set your Bibles down, if we would lift our hands one more time, I know this church knows how to pray. I'm asking you for the next few minutes to lift your voices, and I want us to shake heaven for just a few moments. Come on, that's it. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this night. I thank you for this beautiful congregation of people that you have assembled together. Pray that you would anoint me, God, like you have never anointed me. Put your words in my mouth. I pray, God, that there would be no convolution between what I hear and what I speak. You've burdened me. You have equipped me. I humble my will, my motives, and my agenda. I ask for a divine move of the Holy Ghost in this room tonight. Sweep from the left to the right the front to the back let people be filled with the gift of the holy ghost let people be delivered let people be healed let people be motivated oh god let people be recommitted oh god i pray lord that fire would fall come on that's it just lift your voices a little while longer let's get the flow in this room Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and say, you look better than I do. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, just kidding. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'll never forget the day that I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's the greatest day of my life. You know, I was very young when I received it, but it was a marking point in me that I'll never forget. Does anybody here remember the day or the night? Maybe you were in a Sunday service. Maybe you were in a Wednesday night Bible study. Maybe you were a Thursday night home Bible study. Maybe it was a part of a small, wherever it was. Do you remember the day that you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? The greatest moment in your life. That was the day that God introduced the flow of his spirit into your life. A river began that day that you received the gift of, whether you realized it or not. 
He said in John chapter 7, I believe somewhere around verse number 30 or whatever it is, he said that when you receive the Holy Ghost, it's like a river of living water. He said they didn't understand it because he was talking about the Spirit. He said, but this is what it's going to be like. It's like a river that begins to just flow out of you. And it becomes this uncontainable thing that just begins to burst forth. That's what God intends for us to have is a river of living water. I thank God that I've got a flow that began the day that I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's nothing like the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like receiving the Spirit of God for the very first time. You get it, and, and it, it gives you joy, and it gives you love, and it gives you peace, and temperance, and long-suffering. It begins to break through the, the, the old man, and, and you become this renewed, refreshed person who is filled with the Spirit of God. There's nothing like it. Matter of fact, if you look through John chapter 14, which is one of the, the main texts that we take people to when we want to explain to them salvation because Jesus looks right at one of the disciples and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father lest you. That's what we just sang about. It is the understanding that lest you go through Jesus, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. He talks a lot about these beautiful things. He says that I'm going to be in you. That's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you get Christ in you, that's you receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's you receiving the Spirit of God coming to live on the inside of you. And then he said that, that you will be in him. How in the world do you get in Christ if you are baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ? You are not in Christ if you are baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because you weren't baptized into Christ. You were baptized into the titles that represent a singular God who is Jesus. Amen. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. It is the only way you will ever find baptism anywhere in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture was anybody baptized in the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost. But I can give you multiple places where they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You've got to be baptized in Jesus. You've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is becoming a, a new creature in Christ Jesus. This is being born again. And it may seem weird when somebody says, how can you be born again? And that's exactly what Nicodemus asked in John chapter 3. How can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? That part's impossible if you're thinking with the flesh. But if you're thinking about being born of the Spirit, then you start understanding he was not talking about a natural birth. He was talking about a spiritual birth and when he begins to talk about that he said Nicodemus do you see how the wind bloweth where it listeneth and now here's the sound thereof you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going but you know it's in the room that's what being born of the spirit is going to be like a wind is just going to show up and there's going to be a witness that the wind is there and that witness is going to show you the spirit of God just filled that house Amen. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that there was a sound that came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and it set upon them cloven tongues like and as unto a fire and they all began to speak in tongues. The wind was the spirit and the tongues was the witness that the spirit filled the house. So it's this understanding of this beautiful salvation experience that you find in John chapter 14. But John chapter 14 tells of the beginning of the process. 
Because if you turn over to John chapter 15, it says that I am the vine and you are the branches. And the only way you're going to bear fruit is if you abide in me. And so you see this correlation that if you're in Christ, there's going to be some fruit on the vine. If you're resting in Christ Jesus, he intends for you to have some substance to your life. He doesn't want you just to get full of the gift of the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name, and keep living the life that you're living and being depressed and being anxious and being bound by fear and being bound by anxiety. That's not God's plan for your life. When you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you some fruit. And the only fruit talked about in the scripture is love, joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, temperance, which, which against there is no such law. says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? For the strength of sin is the law. And you begin to understand that sin gets its strength through the law. And he said that, that, that if, you, if you have these fruit of the Spirit against, there is no such law. So it's this understanding that Christ went into the grave. And death looked at hell. And hell looked at death. And they looked at a body that had no sin. It had no, no, no flaw. It, it had no mistake. And they said, what in the world do we do with something that has no sin and they said well we can't hold him here and so he had to come up out of the ground and when you're in Christ he says there's no law against you when you're in me when you abide in me when you're baptized in the name there's just a little love on the vine there's just a little peace on the vine and there's no such law why because you're in him you gotta be in Jesus you're in him there's this beautiful understanding that you're going to have love and joy and peace and temper. if there's ever been a time we need the peace of the Holy Ghost it's now when people are worried about if, if Russia is going to be continuing its process down from the north is this the rise of Gog and Magog is the hook set are they coming down and we got people worried about the drawing that's coming from the north but there's a greater drawing in this day he said if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me you need to get your eyes off of the north and lift Jesus up in your life there's a more important drawing happening in the supernatural right now and it doesn't look like anything but Christ being lifted up because if he's lifted up we'll see apostolic revival and so John 14 and 15 we see this beautiful parallel that if you're in him and watch what he begins to say pastor he begins to talk about this understanding that if you're in him and you have fruit on the vine he says you're no more a servant he said but I'm going to call you a friend he said and if you're my friend I can reveal some things to you he said because the, the, the Lord hides nothing from his friends but he has to hide everything from his servants and so there's this beautiful telling that if you are the friend of God he'll begin to release some secrets unto you he said I I won't withhold anything from a friend. Give me Bible parallel for this. I would love to. You look at the life of Abraham. Abraham lives this entire life. And who is Abraham called? The friend of so if Abraham is the friend of God and they're getting ready to rain down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord says, should we hide it from Abraham? And because Abraham was a friend, he could not withhold the secret of the city from his friend. We want to get secrets on how we're going to have genuine apostolic revival. You need to become a regular in the throne room of God and God will start telling you how you can win your church. And God will start telling you how you can win your job. And God will start telling you how you can win your family. But you can't get that friendship unless you have a relationship. 
we want to be the friend of God. And if you're the friend of God, God will reveal to you secrets you've been longing to know. How am I going to win this? How, how am I going to do that? Lord, Lord how is this going to happen? But you see, we only see him when we're in need and we're never a frequent customer throughout the week. And it's this understanding of the increase of flow in your life. Ezekiel said it like this. He said it started at the ankles. He said, and then the man measured. He said, and as the man measured, the flow got a little deeper. That word measured, I may have preached this here before. It comes from the original word hadad, which literally means to stretch oneself. He said when you stretch yourself over the waters, he said the waters can't help but get deeper. You see, when you want a different flow or a different release of the Spirit of God in your life, it won't happen through the status quo of the normal of your mundane prayer and, 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 and time in the Word and, and fasting. If you want an increase of the flow, it takes a stretching of the water going to take more prayer time. It's going to take more fasting. It's going to take more time with the Lord. And as you stretch yourself, the flow can't help but get deeper in your life. And so I look over a congregation like this and I see different people at different levels of flow. I see people that are to the waist in the flow of the Spirit. I see people that are to the ankles in the flow of the Spirit. I see people that are to the loins. I see people that are to the chest. And I see even a few people that, are, that, that, that there's waters that you can't even swim in. I see this beautiful representation of different levels of, of, of the walk. And that's the way God intended for it to happen. There should be people in this place that are at the ankles and that are at the knees and that are at the waist and that's at the chest. But let me encourage you that are at the ankle. There's more to God than what you've got right now. Let me encourage you that are at the knee. There's more to God than what you've got right now. Let me encourage you that are at the waist. There's a lot more to God than what you've got right now. Let me encourage some of you swimmers. There's even more than what you've got right now. There's always another level. There's always from glory to glory to glory to glory. And so there's this, this understanding of the deepening of the flow, Pastor Gilbert. And there's this understanding of the release of the Spirit of God. God's been dealing with me about, he says, I'm trying to release the Spirit. And I begin to look at this. And as you look into this, you see that God never intended for the flow to get stagnant in somebody's life. God never intended for there to be a, 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 an ease ever of the flow in your life. Uh, you begin to look at, at Psalms 92 and 10. You see that David writes a psalm. And in this psalm, he's talking all of these things as David would. And he gets to verse number 10 and he says, Thou will exalt my horn like the horn of a unicorn. That literally means the strongest beast of the field. He was actually referring to an ox. Uh, he said, You're going to make me as sturdy as the ox of the field. He said, I won't be moved and I won't be shaken. He said, and I shall be anointed. Somebody say fresh oil. Fresh oil. Did you know that this is the only psalm in the entire book of Psalms that was written, the Bible says, to be sung on the Sabbath day. Why did David talk about him being planted as the strongest thing in the field and to have fresh oil on the song that was to be sung on the Sabbath day? Because if you look to Isaiah chapter 28 and you begin to read, it says it would be line upon line upon line. It would be precept upon precept upon precept. 
precept. He said it would be here a little and it would be there a little. And he begins to talk about that this would be the rest wherewith the weary may find rest. And the rest that the weary may find rest was this. He said that it would happen with stammering lip and a new tongue. This was the Oh, I got to slow down because I want to make sure you get it. So he's trying to tell you. David is over here saying, you're going to sing this on the Sabbath. And then you have Isaiah saying, this is the rest wherewith the weary may find the rest. And then in the middle, you have this understanding of Jewish tradition where on the Sabbath, they would take a rest. They would relax and they would let the ground rest. They would let their energy restore. Nobody would do anything on the Sabbath. But Isaiah points to a different type of Sabbath. Not the type of Sabbath that you would just physically take. But that there would be a spiritual Sabbath that was coming to the people. And Isaiah said this spiritual Sabbath was going to take place when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he pointed to Acts chapter 2. And he pointed to the day that the Spirit of God was poured out. This is what David was saying there's going to be a spiritual Sabbath and every day that you wake up I intend for you to be planted like an ox in the field and I intend for you to have fresh oil running from the top of your head down to the sole of your feet God never intends for you to have old oil God never intends for you to have it's the anointing that breaks the yoke it's the oil that represents the anointing you want to know how you're going to have yokes broken every day of your life? When you wake up every morning and get fresh oil. That's why David said this is to be sung on the Sabbath. The reason you can't break the yoke is because you're trying to deal with Thursday's problem on Sunday's anointing. But when you get fresh oil, when you wake up on Monday, I got fresh oil. When I wake up on Tuesday, fresh oil. When I wake up, fresh oil. So all of this is telling of a time that there was going to be a release of the Spirit of God, a release of the flow. And that's what God intends for us to have is the release of the flow of the Spirit every day that we wake up. And he begins to talk in verse number 11. He said that there's going to be some marshes and there's going to be some miry places. He says that I'm going to give them to the salt. And so in this, you have this telling of this futuristic time that there was going to be two seas as Ezekiel was writing. He's talking about there's a sea of Galilee and that there is a sea called the Dead Sea. Both have the same source called the River Jordan. The River Jordan is type and shadow of the flow of the Spirit of God because the River Jordan is different than every other river in that area. The River Jordan ascend, I mean, descends from Mount Hermon. Jeremiah said it was like the faithfulness of the snow on Mount Hermon, which is in the mountains of Lebanon. He was pointing up there and says, all we know about Jordan is it never runs dry and it comes from the heavenlies. And so there's this understanding that Jordan is type and shadow of the spirit of God flowing down through a land that would always sustain the people of God and the sustainment of the people of God flows into two seas one sea is called the Dead Sea and one sea is called the Sea of Galilee the Sea of Galilee has fruit all around it the Sea of Galilee has multiple species of fishes living inside of it it, it has all this fruit it has all this life because the Sea of Galilee has what's called an outlet for the flow the Sea of Galilee, of Galilee does not hold what is received but it is just a, a, a mediator between receiving and giving and so then you have this dead sea fed by the same source 
fed by the same life-giving water that the other gets. But the Sea of Galilee has no outlet. I know I'm preaching everything y'all already know, but it has no outlet. And because it has no outlet, the water on the inside of it grows very toxic. And the toxicity in the water, I read this this week that says the Sea of Galilee gets fish flowing into it often because it's fed by the same river that's fed Jordan. It said, but all of the fish that flow into Galilee, I mean, in, into the Dead Sea, they die quickly. And the reason that they die so quickly is because of the level of toxicity to a water that has no outlet of the flow that's coming into it. And so the Lord spoke to me and said, how many harvests have been avoided because we have Dead Sea saints that have all inlet and no outlet? So you have, you have two types of saints pictured in two types of seas. You have two types of people in their walk with God. You have one that takes what is given and hands it out. Take what is given and hands it out. But there's always a steady flow. And then you have another that takes what is given and says, I refuse to let it go. And whatever flows into that life cannot live. Because if it has no outlet, it cannot produce life. You wonder why your marriage is dead And you wonder why your family is dead And you wonder why your finances are dead And you wonder why nothing's working out Because you're a hoarder Of the gospel of Jesus Christ You are hoarding what God Intended for you to really And so it's this parable It's this looking into two types of saints That represent two different types of seas and this is what the Lord has been talking to me about. And so you have life in one and you have death in another. And I've been on this little kick of consumerism that has bled into the church. You see, America is a type of country that is full of consumerism. We are consumers. We like to eat. We like to see. what. Oh, look at that commercial. I've got to go get that and consume that. And the consumerism of the world, I've watched it. It's bled into the church. We get this idea of, let's see how the preacher can move me. Let's see what I can get out of this service. I read something today that says consumers on the, on the idea of consumerism force the creator of the product to make it look better and more appealing to the eye and it forces the people that are giving the product to give them programs and policies just so that they would be continuing in their consumerism mindset and the Lord has been dealing with me. The Lord has been wrecking me on how we have created churches churches that come with the mindset of how can I consume tonight what can I get tonight what can the pastor move me with tonight what can I digest and not do anything with tonight and the Lord says I did not intend for my church to be a church of consumerism but I intended for my church to be a church of producers one definition that says consumers get something of value and use it for themselves until it has no value anymore. How many of us have taken the most valuable commodity in the world called the gospel of Jesus Christ and made it to where it's unvaluable to us and because it's unvaluable to us now we make it invaluable to uh, unvaluable to others. Can I just be honest tonight? And so we take the most valuable thing and we consume it until we don't see the value in it anymore. Oh, that's, good. that's why it's so easy to backslide. Right. 
That's why it's so easy to just give up. That's why it's so easy just to throw in the towel. Because the most precious thing in the world doesn't mean Jack Diddley to us anymore. Let me tell you something. I'm fifth generation in this. And I have seen how easy it is for old brother Dylan to let this lose its value. Because I've seen it my entire life. I've heard it my entire life. And it's this, this con. But if you ever let it lose its value, I'll tell you why it's lost the value. Because all you're doing is receiving and doing nothing with what you receive. But there's another type of saint that's a producer in the kingdom. Producers are found when you see them entering into the land of Canaan. The Bible says that they crossed over Jordan and the manna and the quail did seize on the morrow. The men in the quail seized as soon as they walked into their promised land. Let me tell this church something. You're in your promised land of apostolic revival. You hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. When I drove into this city last night with your pastor, the entire atmosphere of this city has shifted. It's not the same feeling that it was when I was here last year. There is a spirit of freedom I'm feeling in the atmosphere. There's a spirit of harvest I'm feeling in the atmosphere. There's a spirit of, I, I, I feel it. I feel the hunger. I'm telling you, I talked to people today when I was with your pastor, and people were just wanting to talk. I, they're hungry in this city. The harvest field is ripe and it's ready. So let me help some of you. So you have consumers and then you have producers. And this is what the mind of consumerism says. Well, I have to eat what the taskmaster gives me because that's what they did in Egypt. I have to eat what the Lord gives me in the wilderness because that's what they did. The man and the quail fell down. They got what they could get for the day. They consumed it until it was gone. And they waited for it to be there the next day. And that's the mindset that we have to break. That's the culture and the tradition we have to shatter in our minds. Because when you're living in the promised land, the Bible says that it would be rivers of milk and rivers of honey I can just see I can just see the, the, the children of Israel walking around saying my Lord God is a liar I don't see one river of milk around here sister ginger where in the world is the river of honey brother, brother Trevor where is the I don't see any but they misunderstood the process that God was trying to teach them because God was trying to show them there won't be literal rivers of milk and honey but if you'll go over there to that cow and you'll figure out how to how to take care of a cow and then if you go to the beehive and you'll tend the beehive and you learn how to produce when you come into the house of God you learn how to produce when you wake up with your devotion there will be rivers of milk and there will be rivers of honey God is wanting to send the blessings into your life but it's not going to happen with send it on down Lord send it on down Lord it's going to happen when you say I'm going to create an atmosphere where people get the Holy Ghost every Sunday whether pastor's feeling it or not I'm going to support it no matter what's going on I'm going to have a move the prayer room's always going to be on fire the church is always chapter 4, Pastor Gilbert, you find that there was a widow woman who had just lost her husband, right? Her, the debtors are coming for her sons. That represents her future. You got to think, when you're in that day and age, the only way you have a future in that day and age is if you have kids. It's not like we have. They didn't have 401ks back then. They didn't have Social Security back then. 
They didn't have those things. The only way they had a hope of a tomorrow is if there were sons and daughters in front of them. And when the debtors were coming for their future, the prophet comes up and says, what do you have in your possession? Just a measly little bottle of oil is all I got left. And that's some of you here today. You've been in this for a long time. You've been faithful to it for a long time. And the debtors have been coming for your children. And the debtors have been coming for your family. And the debtors have been coming. And meanwhile, you're holding on to one little pot of oil. All I've got, Pastor, is just a little bit of oil. But if I give this little bit of oil, I won't have anything then. They're going to come for my kids. And then I won't even have my oil that I've been saving. I said, I, I hid it I hid it from my husband when he was still alive. Or, or I kept it from my this and that and oh, this is all I got you bless God you can't have what I've got left and meanwhile she had to get the revelation of releasing the flow in her life and the prophet says I need you to go find some empty vessels and if you'll get some empty vessels I'll show you how to release a flow where you won't only just have enough for you you'll have enough for your children you'll have enough to pay the house off and you'll have enough for her tomorrow as well God wants to provide but he can't provide for you until you release what you've been holding on to there's a release of the flow in this place God is wanting there to be a bursting forth of the waters It's the principle of John chapter 6. Jesus comes to Philip. I want to feed the multitude. How much money we got in the bank? Not enough. Even if I had 200 pence worth, Jesus, it wouldn't be enough to feed all these people out there. We'll never have enough to feed that. We'll never have enough to reach Denison. Not Denison and Sherman. No way. And he says, you're right. What do we have? Well, there's a, a young man who's got five loaves and two fishes. Perfect. Is he willing to release what he's got? He sure is. Perfect. I found somebody that's not willing to hoard what'll keep them through. But somebody that understands what will happen if you release what you've got. And so the law of the lad's lunch is this. It came from the multitude. It didn't come from Jesus. It came from those that were hungry. Who's the hungry in this house that has just a little bit left and wants to see the kind of revival that'll shake a city? Where's the hungry in this church that says, Pastor, I got to see soul saved. <laughs> Pastor, I want to teach a Bible study. Pastor, I want to start a small group. I'll release what I've got. I just want to see a real apostolic revival in my day. Jesus says, all right, I'll bless it. But I got to break it. And then I'm a, this church was broken not too long ago. You've been through the breaking, but you hear me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The multiplication is not far off.
I'll bless it. I'll break it. And I'm going to multiply it. And he multiplied it. And watch. He gave what was multiplied. And he gave it to the disciples. And the disciples were as hungry as the multitude was. They were there as long as everybody else was there, my friend. They had been seeking food as long as everybody else was seeking food. They were desiring it just as long as everybody else was desiring it. They had been out there with Jesus and the multitude, if not longer without a meal. But they were willing to look beyond the consumerism of the moment and say, if I'm willing to produce, even when I think I need it, there are more people that would see their needs met if they would quit focusing on their needs and learn the law of release. So they took what could have sustained them for a moment and gave it to those that were hungry. And that right there is the dividing line between a disciple and a follower or a consumer and a Because the next day, the multitude that was full in that moment came back saying, I got to have more bread. What you got for me tonight, pastor? What you got for me tonight, preacher? How you going to move me? What are you going to do tonight to make me get motivated to live for God for another 72 hours? How can you motivate me to maybe pray five minutes? How can we be motivated tonight, preacher? But the disciples have baskets left over and that's where you've got to learn the law of give and it shall be given pressed down shaking together and running over because what you're willing to give came back 12 times all they had was five loaves and two fishes but when they left those that were willing to distribute the bread that was given from the master they had baskets left over all the way through you want to know when you're going to see the miracle in your life when you learn the law of releasing the flow because if you're willing to release the flow you'll walk out of this place with a basket of provision and purpose and promise it's just waiting on you to say if I gotta create it I'm gonna clap until the glory falls I'm gonna pray until the Shekinah comes I'll fast until it breaks but I've gotta have a release of the flow done no music quite yet please the release of the flow is learning that it starts at the ankles and then it goes to the knees and then it gets to the waist and then it gets to the chest and then the next thing you know, you're consumed with what's taking place. I had, I had what I felt like was a vision for the very first time studying today. I was sitting at the desk in the hotel and I was sitting there and that's when I got this, this little part right here. It says... That there was, in verse number 9, rivers, plural. And then at the end, it says there was a river, singular. And I saw coming from this place, little rivers beginning to break out. And I saw, I saw you, Brother Trevor, as a river. And I saw others in this place. I saw, it was like a river was coming out of you. And I saw little rivers going all over Denison and all over Sherman and all over this place. I saw little rivers just breaking forth. Little rivers. Little rivers. Little rivers. And then it was like in, in an instant these rivers began to come together. 
And as these rivers begin to come together, there was this one massive river. And this one massive river became a torrent of water. It was a mighty rushing river. Nothing could stand in front of it. Nothing could get in the way of it. Nothing could stop it. Nothing could quench it. It was just a mighty rushing flow of the Spirit of God. But you got to hear me. If you're going to get to that part, and it's close. I told your pastor today, I said, I feel the pieces. I see them all coming together. I said, it's like there's one missing piece in the middle. I see it's just like it's hovering. And people are focusing on the one missing piece instead of realizing the whole thing has almost come together. And you're in this moment right now. I see the rivers flowing. And, flow. and I see some of y'all getting fought Some of y'all getting warred against uh, Well don't pray more now Don't give more now Don't go deeper now Don't give it now No, 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 you've got to hear me If there's ever been a time for this body For you individually To start releasing the flow Release the flow in your prayer life Release. Learn how to teach a Bible study And teach a Bible study That's releasing the flow Learn how to give sacrificially If you've never given sacrificially That's releasing the flow Learn how to step out of what's comfortable. My God, Peter, you may sink in the ocean, but at least you're walking on water. Nobody's ever done that before. Do you want the flow in your life? If you've got it to the ankles, you want to get up right now and say, stretch me, oh God, that the flow will get a little deeper. If you've got it to the knees, say, stretch me, oh God, that the flow will get a little deeper. If it's to the waist, say, stretch me, oh God. you're ready for it, I want you to come to this altar. It's Wednesday night, but God's about to send a current into this room. That's it. If you're here and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the flow's about to start in your life tonight. Somebody next to you that is filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is about to lead you through repentance, lay their hand on your head, just as the apostles did, and they're going to pray you through to the gift of the Holy Ghost. This preacher ain't going to do it. You know why? Because they've got the flow just like I got it. And if they don't have enough faith for it, God's going to stretch their faith tonight, and they're going to see that they can do it. Because God is not intending for superstars in the kingdom anymore. He's sick and tired of us being preacher-oriented. He's sick and tired of us waiting on a man of God to move us. He said, I gave you my spirit. I'm not talking about stepping out of headship or getting out of your covering. I'm talking about learning how to release the spirit of God to a place where you're willing to be bold every day of your life. You're willing to step out of what's ease and what's comfortable. If you're ready for the flow to get deeper, without the preacher prying you, I want you to create a flow in this room. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender. Lift your voice, marking, this is my prayer. Oh, there it is. It's here, just like that. Just like that. Come on. It's here right now. 
Lord, let the flow get deeper in every life that's in this altar. Let the flow get deeper in every heart that's in this altar. I pray release of the Spirit of God like we have never seen in this room right now. If you're in this altar right now, you see somebody around you that needs the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to go to them. You see somebody around you never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to go to them right now. There's a release of the flow. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Be released in the name of the Lord Jesus right now. Come on, that's it. Be released in the name of the Lord Jesus right now. Release the flow in your life in the name of Jesus. Release the flow in your life in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that every faithful saint in this room, their flow would get deeper than it's ever been. I pray, God, that every lukewarm person in this room, they would be set on fire by the power of the Holy Ghost in a way we've never felt it before. I pray, God, that there would be a dynamic shift in the supernatural right now, that we would begin to see currents of water flow all across across Denison, all across Sherman, all across this county. Let there be a deepening of the flow of the Spirit in a way we've never felt it before. Let us be removed from our pride. Let us be removed from our arrogance. Let us be removed, God, from the hoarding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are here to preach Christ and Him crucified. We are here to preach Christ and Him crucified. I release a burden for Bible studies. I release a burden for soul winning. I release a burden for sacrificial giving. I release a burden for sacrificial prayer. I release a burden for sacrificial fasting. I release a burden for the word of God. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. If that's how deep you normally get in the flow, it's time for you to stretch right now. It's time for you to stretch right now. sound of rejoicing. I know of at least two that just received the Holy Ghost. The flow. Come on, it's the flow of the Spirit. I challenge you right now to link up with somebody. Link up with them and just let the flow get a little deeper. Come on, find somebody to pray with for 30 more seconds, for one more minute, and just say, get the flow a little deeper in my life, Jesus. Come on. Come on, upon the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus. Let there be a bursting forth, God, of the water. Let there be a bursting forth of your spirit in Jesus' name. Some of y'all.
y'all ought to just get a little deeper while you're waiting around. You ought to just get a little deeper if you're waiting to be dismissed. You ought to just step out a little further if you're waiting for the next thing. Come on, create something in your section right now. Say, river, get a little deeper right where I'm standing right now. Flow, get a little deeper right where I'm at right now. Come on, send it to your job. Come on, send it to your home. Speak life to a situation right now. never been baptized in Jesus name brother Jordan lift your hand if you've never been baptized in Jesus name see brother Jordan right here it is the only way to enter into covenant we have robes warm water a changing room and a towel we've made it as convenient as we can you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ find brother Jordan he's already gone to baptize one hey the water's already stirring in case you don't want to miss this opportunity Go to Pastor Darren right here. He's waving his hands. If you've never been baptized, go to Pastor Darren. Do not leave here until you get in a covenant with Jesus Christ.